This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 p.m. on Friday afternoon, December 29th. Good afternoon. I'm Brandon Eisen, filling in for Rob Hart. Coming up, Chicago says goodbye to several beloved restaurants. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, 2023 has been a banner year for stocks. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, Washington, D.C. Mark, thanks for joining us. It's uh, been a monster year for stocks, especially as of late. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I think that perhaps the overall message that we should all be taking back is how unpredictable the markets are. A year ago, if we'd had the same interview, we would have been focusing on how tough the year the the year that was just coming to an end then, how tough the year had been. And in fact, many people were talking about the uh, the so-called 60/40 portfolio, which is the standard portfolio that financial planners often recommend for retirees, which is 60% stocks. 40% bonds, people were literally giving it up for dead, saying, you know, it's it's uh, it's passe, you should not be doing it anymore. It just is now coming off one of its best years ever. And so we need to be very humbled by all of this, is that we like to predict where the markets are going, but the markets rarely end up accommodating what the predictors are saying. And this last year is a great case in point. All right. So uh, not uh, not likely to accommodate investors and in exactly what they want, but what is the biggest threat that could derail markets in 2024? Well, <laughs> there are so many threats that could derail the market, you don't even know where to begin. I mean, there's the standard economic things that very straightforwardly could sabotage corporate earnings. And that would be, let's say, inflation heating back up again, causing the Federal Reserve to increase rates rather than decrease them as the market is now expecting. That would be an obvious one. A recession is another. People have been predicting a recession for now close to two years in the market. Excuse me, the economy has remained surprisingly strong. But uh, now people are saying, well, it looks like we're going to have a soft landing and not have the uh, the recession after all. Wouldn't it be just like uh, the, the markets stand up doing again, just the opposite? So those would be two obvious things. But then, of course, we have a geopolitical climate that is very dangerous around the world, that any one of which could flare up uh, just to a think about one possible scenario. We could have a cutoff of oil supplies around the world if the the hostilities in the Middle East were to escalate. So that would be one thing. And then, of course, we have a presidential election. And uh, who knows what that could do to economic policy going down the road. All right. Speaking of uh, economics, housing, that's been tight over the past year. Some people have been waiting to purchase a home or waiting to sell a home. What do you anticipate uh, with the housing market in 2024? It's amazing how resilient the housing market really has been. I mean, according to the Case-Shiller Index, I mean, housing prices now are higher 
than they were at the at the previous peak, which was before interest rates started going up and mortgage rates started going up. So one of the hoped for effects of a downturn is that it allows the market to cool off and then be able to sustain a more uh, you know more robust advance down the road. But here we are; we've gone through uh, a round trip now for the housing market as well as the stock market over the last couple of years. And we really haven't cooled off any. And that's even with uh, mortgage rates, even though they've come down some in the last couple of months, are still much higher than they were a couple of years ago. So I think that uh, it doesn't bode well for a market that should be more, uh, you know, it's just more rational instead of having the, the, the frenzy that you'd have, you see in a lot of markets with, uh, with houses being bought instantly and without any contingencies and for all cash and that sort of thing. So I think, uh, you know, these are signs of fraud. And I worry that the market may be a little frothy there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com in Washington, D.C. Coming up, a look at the closure of several popular Chicago restaurants. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. This past year, Chicago bid farewell to several popular restaurants. Joining us to discuss, Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality in Chicago. Now, uh, Doug, despite a generally positive year, what significant challenge did Chicago face in the restaurant industry in 2023? Thanks, Brandon. Um, Actually, I think there's been a convergence of so many different issues. We had, uh, obviously, the economy. We had, in addition to that, uh, we had safety threats um, that uh, is perce- are perceived in, in the city of Chicago, as we know. Uh, in addition to that, um, there are economic issues such as inflation uh, that restaurants had as far as uh, menu uh, inflation that was a, a, a problem for, for many um, restaurants and, and uh, restaurant goers. And in some cases, uh, it was just time. It was just time for restaurants to move on. Yeah, Doug, uh, there's been uh, quite a few of them. The Signature Room, the Grand Lux Cafe, Metropolitan Brewing, Cooper's Hawk. Uh, which one of these will you miss the most? Uh, a really good question. Um, I, I think each one of them are, are different um, in, the, in the context. Uh, some of them are special occasion restaurants. Uh, some of them are, are sort of everyday restaurants. I think Owen and Engine is, is one that um, really uh, was, was a really good operator. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it, it just had issues that um, were beyond the control of being able to stay open and, and continue to serve their guests. Uh, do you know uh, specifically any of those issues that that, that uh, Owen and Engine had faced? You know something I, that that's <laughs> that's the reporter coming out in you. And uh, at this point, I, I do not know exactly. Uh, uh, again, I, I think really what's happened with with so many of these restaurants, which is really interesting, is um, Signature was open thirty years. Uh, the, the Grand Lux was open 21 years. Um, uh, uh, Dusk uh, Tavern was open um, 10 years. Most restaurants, you know, don't last, you know, more than a certain amount of years. And what they really have to do is reinvent themselves. And if you don't reinvent yourself, you know, you're, you're going to be headed towards, uh, unfortunately, going south. All right. So speaking of reinventing yourself, uh, do you have a forecast of where the industry is heading in 2024? Any changes that might be made? Um, I think what we're going to see, uh, and I, I, a true believer of this, is uh, one of the biggest trends uh, that most of my uh, associates are seeing right now is that 6 o'clock for reservations is the new 8 o'clock. 
Uh, I could not get a six o'clock reservation uh, at a couple places uh, in the last week or so. And what's transpired is, is that uh, individuals are working from home and they're ready to go out earlier. And uh, I call it the Netflix effect, which is I want to go home and I want to watch Netflix and I want to watch the shows that I've been watching. And so there's a big change. You're not seeing that second and third turn in restaurants that they used to be uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, would you suggest to restaurant owners that they take a, take a look at their historical scheduling and, and maybe alter that to uh, be able to take on more business? Um, I think what's happened is, is that uh, restaurants are opening earlier and they're closing earlier. And so I think they're accommodating that. And also we have to admit, too, that this time of year, um, you, you know, obviously, you know, it gets dark at 415. Uh, it's a different ball game than obviously when we have that opportunity in the summertime when we have the outdoor cafes and it gets lighter, obviously, much later and or stays lighter much later. So, um, you know, I think we do make those adjustments, but it's it's um, it definitely is a change in, in how guests right now are, are looking at um, their, um, the way that they are dining. All right. Thank you so much, Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality here in Chicago. Up next, an inspiring story of a businesswoman who traded Hollywood glamour for tradition, embracing Chinese medicine and her grandmother's legacy. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday. We meet a former Hollywood talent assistant who left the glitz and glamour of Hollywood to follow in her grandmother's footsteps in traditional Chinese medicine. Joining us now is Goodrun Snyder, doctor of East Asian acupuncture and founder of Moon Rabbit Acupuncture in Chicago. Uh, Goodrun, why don't you tell us about Moon Rabbit Acupuncture and uh, what you've adopted as far as traditional Eastern medicine? Thank you so much. So Moon Rabbit Acupuncture was born out of a passion for connecting my history, my culture, my family's legacy with modern times. And I wanted to go to a place where I could access the wonderful gift of Chinese medicine, things like acupuncture, cupping, um, herbal medicine, in an environment that felt really friendly, warm, accessible, the kind of place you want to tell your friends and family about, right? And so that's how Moon Rabbit was born. We started in the West Loop in 2020, and we just opened our second location in Lincoln Park this December. All right. And uh, so so what I'm seeing here is that you started as a Hollywood talent assistant. Uh, can you talk a little bit about making the shift from that environment to now being an entrepreneur? It was such a journey that was completely unplanned. I actually went to undergrad at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, and then headed off to Stanford for a short period. I had a friend call me. She was working in HR at William Morris at the time, which was the largest talent agency in the world. And she said, you know what? I know you don't have plans to come down to move to L.A. and that you probably want to be in healthcare like your family. But she's like, you will love this place and they will hire you in a second. So I went down to L.A. on a whim, had no real plans to work in Hollywood. And they hired me that day and said, you got to be here in two weeks. I ended up working for the head of motion picture talent. I worked for people like. Mandy Moore, Britney Spears, Ray Liotta, you name it, um, these big stars. And and my first day, I remember I was running down Rodeo Drive with like a phone in my hand with the Oscar dress in the other. Um, And it really was like out of the movie Devil Wears Prada. I worked there for, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
uh, I worked there for a few years. And then um, during that time, my grandmother, who's originally from Shanghai, um, got sick. She fell down, hurt her hip, as, you know, older people do. And I went to stay with her. And I realized that while I had this cool, covetable job that really was going off and taking in a really great, cool direction, it didn't give me purpose. It didn't give me passion. didn't make me jump out of bed in the morning. And so I left this job to everybody's surprise and really started on this Eastern medicine journey. And so what, what were some of the big, biggest challenges when you made that shift? Well, working at one of the biggest talent agencies in the world, you have access to everything. Not only are you working with celebrities, but you have people around you who are working 24 hours a day to make this the best they can, because if they don't, someone else is going to jump into their seat, right? So then I went moved into healthcare, which, as we know, has not necessarily all the ways the smoothest transitions, not always people who are ready to work their hardest all the time, right, in terms of the administrative stuff. Yes, nurses, doctors, all of these techs around the world are, are helping, but then we have this whole alternative medicine side that you don't realize they also need to be working all the time to help us be our best selves, right? All right, Goodwin, uh, what's your advice for other entrepreneurs or those who uh, might be wanting to uh, change careers toward uh, starting their own business? I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends just the other day. I think that if you really are willing to take the leap out of something that maybe feels comfortable, maybe is a little bit more of the fancy, easier way, maybe you work in finance, maybe you work in tech, but you want to do something that might be a little softer but is more purpose-driven, in the end, it really will serve you and will make you feel like your most whole, better self. Take the leap, do the hard thing, and it always ends up being the better thing for you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today on our Entrepreneur Friday. Good run, Snyder, doctor of East Asian acupuncture and founder of Moon Rabbit Acupuncture in Chicago. Still ahead, we meet with the visionary businessman who turned an old apartment building in Tinley Park into a charming pub and beer garden. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 
Good afternoon. I'm Brandon Eisen in for Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson issues another call for federal action on the migrant crisis while repeating his distaste for the tactics of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. In Ukraine, the mayor of Kiev says that they need more help from their allies in their battle against Russia. And in part two of Entrepreneur Friday on the noon business hour, we'll meet a businessman who converted a vintage suburban apartment building into a, a, a historic pub and beer garden. Plus, an oil industry expert offers his prediction for gas prices in the year ahead. WBBM Business Market Watch Dow is down 86 points, S&P down 20, and the NASDAQ down 89. With AccuWeather, cloudy and damp today, some rain left over and drizzle at times. Highs in the low 40s, drizzle right now in Chicago at 40 degrees. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson is again calling for federal action to help ease the migrant crisis and doubling down on his distaste for the tactics of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. The details from WBBM's Dave Berner. The mayor was on CNN today along with the mayors of Denver and New York, calling on Governor Abbott to be held responsible for the safety of the growing number of migrants coming to the city. It is very evident that you have um, a governor um, who is committed to recklessness and lawlessness. We've set up parameters a month ago asking the state of Texas to coordinate with our city to provide the type of structure um, and calm that is needed in this crisis, and he has circumvented that at every hand. Johnson says it's inhumane and now calls on the federal government to work to handle the current migrant crisis the way it handled Ukrainian refugees. Why aren't those same support services being provided for individuals who are coming from the continent of Africa and Central and South America? Chicago has received more than 26,000 asylum seekers over the last several months. Dave Berner, 105.9 WBBF. Well, it's being called the biggest aerial barrage of missiles and drones to hit Ukraine since the start of the Russian invasion. Killed more than two dozen people overnight. Kiev Mayor Vitaly Klitschko says that the scope of the attack shows how urgently Ukraine needs more assistance from its allies. It's critical important. It's life important for us to have a support from our partners. Without new system, especially anti-missile system and uh, new weapons, uh, it will be very difficult to fight Russians. Western officials and analysts had warned that Russia has been limiting its cruise missile strikes for months in an apparent effort to build up stockpiles for massive strikes during the winter. It's 12.32. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Stocks are trading lower. Market Watch Dow is down 74, S&P down 17, and NASDAQ down 86. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Matt Shapiro, president MWS Capital in Chicago. Matt, stocks are lower, but uh, we are closing out a solid year. What's your takeaway? Really good year. I mean, today's trading, technical trading, we're going to have Brandon for the next uh, couple hours. We'll see to the end. Down a little bit on profit-taking understandable after a year where the S&P 500 rose 25% in the seven biggest technology stocks that got hit last year. So a lot to celebrate so far this year. Um, One of the most important things is the investors who are optimistic. Uh, Brandon, you know, I don't know, run the tape on uh, us being on the noon business hour over this past year, but investors that stayed the course were certainly rewarded. All right. Well, uh, can you give us a forecast? I've got my pin here. What uh, Some stocks heading into 2024. Well, I think the first most important thing is not stocks, but interest rates. If the 10-year Treasury yield stays down here at 385, which is unimaginably lower than people and analysts had uh, thought earlier in the year, the Fed does cut rates. 
uh, some of these big growth stocks that I think might have a lot of room could be the picks. You know, our largest holding is Tesla. We think it's the super company that has room to run with the electric vehicle revolution. Um, I think battery price cost savings are going to pass into the cars, making their making them even more competitive with their traditional gas cars. So that's one stock we think can do real well in the new year, not to mention companies that invest in actual lithium that goes into the batteries. Are there any, any threats that are uh, on your mind right now for stocks in 2024? It's really about interest rates, Brandon. Uh, the Long-term Treasury yields were a gift to investors in the last two months of the year. Um, Ten-year at uh, 385, so we need continued good news on inflation, which we've seen. That is the most important factor for 2024. All right. uh, AI was a big theme for stocks in 2023. Uh, Will it be just as big in 2024? We'll have to see. NVIDIA, just about $500, right? NVIDIA started this whole kicked off the year really in May with its blockbuster earnings report. Again, blockbuster reports and reports and reports for 2024. You have to look at NVIDIA to see if they can follow up those numbers of this year with, again, huge numbers on orders for these advanced chips next year. So that will be the key to drive that sector, especially NVIDIA stock. Can it go even higher than 500? All right. Uh, Is there a big takeaway from 2023? Optimism is one of the most important things in investing. Don't forget about that. The the optimists were right. Uh, You know, as Warren Buffett says, America is a great place to invest, and that's a great lesson for everybody. And optimism is is important in investing all the time. All right, Matt, thank you so much. Optimism. Matt Shapiro, president, MWS Capital in Chicago. Up next, uh, in Entrepreneur Friday, a businessman who turned an old Tinley Park apartment building into a cool pub and beer garden. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, part two. Today we meet a businessman who reshaped Tinley Park's landscape by converting a vintage apartment building into a charming historic pub and beer garden. We welcome Jim Richard, president and co-owner, Banging Gavel Brews at the historic Vogt House in Tinley Park. Now, uh, Jim, you started as a contract brewer in 2014. Uh, Can you explain how that went? Um, yeah, actually, Brandon, yeah, that started in 2014. We started brewing over at Church Street in Itasca and began distribution in the early part of 2015. And really what that was was um, an extended uh, marketing campaign for us while we conducted our search for our permanent home. All right. And uh, what's what's the significance of uh, your permanent home there in Tenley Park? And, and how's it been transformed by Banging Gavel Brews? Well, um, Brandon, the the structure was built in 1865 by the Lewis brothers as a hunting lodge. And over the years, it transformed into several different um, functions. Uh, it was a residence. It was a, um, also, actually, at one point, was a, a bottling, uh, soda bottling uh, facility. And it was an apartment. And then it was offices. And eventually, we purchased it in 2017. Uh, off a of foreclosure and have renovated it to a uh, functioning uh, brew pub. All right. And uh, now that you've got uh, that taken care of, do you have any further plans to expand? Uh, not at the moment. Um, we we had our hands full over the last six years just getting this accomplished with the historical nature of the building. It took us over three years just, just to get through the historical components. And then 
naturally we had two years of struggles with the COVID scenario and then about two years just to get the construction done. Yeah. Uh, what have you, what have you learned along the way with all of those uh, barriers that you faced? Well, I guess, you know, one was, uh, you know, patience and perseverance, obviously. And, um, you know, we also learned that it, it takes a team to accomplish a goal such as this. You know, we had a lot of assistance from, um, you know, family and friends, um, our investors and the village, most importantly, was very uh, crucial in their assistance and their patience with us, you know, both you know, the present and past administrations from Tinley Park were very instrumental in us achieving this accomplishment. All right. Uh, well, what, what advice do you have for any would-be entrepreneurs out there? Um, I would say, you know, first do a reality check and make sure you have the proper intestinal fortitude to actually be a, an entrepreneur. Um, secondly, I would say, you know, make sure you have the passion for whatever it is that you wish to endeavor in. And thirdly, I would say, you know, surround your people. You know, surround yourself with talented people. Uh, make sure that everybody in the room is at least as intelligent and smart as you, if not more so. Um, because in my case, uh, I think that was a key part of you know getting to this point was making sure that I had people surrounding me that uh, knew as much as as I did, if not more, especially in certain aspects of. Uh, you know, the different areas that we had to cover in order to get this thing done. Because, you know, I'm a lawyer by trade, and there was a lot of different things that had to get accomplished in this project that are outside of my expertise. And uh, without their expertise, this never would have happened. All right. Well, it sounds like you got some good advice, and now you're giving some good advice for entrepreneurs. Uh, let's move on uh, to you. What, uh, what type of experience uh, could someone uh, expect at your business? Um, well, you know, the big bang game, you know, coming into the banging gavel, which is basically it's the boathouse is the, in my opinion, is the featured attraction. Um, you know, that's the real, the real story is the, is the boathouse, um, which is the home of banging gavel brews. And when you, when you come into the, into the uh, structure, it's, it's literally, it's like taking a step back in time. Um, and you know, we have the elements and the features, uh, from the decor, uh, to the uh, just the entire element and the features and the the feel of the place. Um, you know, I have our guests that come up to me and say, you know, it's just the feel, the um, the comfort, the coziness. Uh, it's it's almost as if they've been transformed back in time. Uh, especially the the bar area, you know, which is just a throwback as a Brunswick, you know, style bar <clears throat> that just feels like you're you're back into the you know the early part of the century or the latter part of the last century and um it's just a really nice vibe you know it's, people really really enjoy themselves um and we have live music every weekend uh great entertainment um and it's just it's a fun place to go to it really is a unique uh attraction uh particularly for this area and um, so that's, you know, when people come, <clears throat> when they come to visit us, they can expect a unique experience, with which, we, which is what we're really endeavoring to achieve. Uh, you know, not just the beer, not just the cocktails, not just the food, not just the building, but the entire package. 
All right, Jim. Uh, sounds like you've put a lot of effort into this. I know uh, the last question I'm going to ask you, something that uh, has been trending recently. Uh, do you have any options for non-alcoholic uh, patrons? Um, yes, actually, um, I know that we were just recently asked that question on our social media about non-alcoholic beer, and I believe our response was from our marketing person was that uh, we recently placed an order, um, and I can't remember the name, but I believe it's coming from somewhere in Naperville, uh, and we did place an order for non-alcoholic beer, and I believe we, we actually do have other non-alcoholic options available. Right on. Thanks, Jim. Jim Richard, president and co-owner, Banging Gavel Brews at the historic Vaught House in Tinley Park. Still to come, some experts predict lower gas prices in 2024. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, 2023 has been a roller coaster ride for oil and gas prices. Joining us with his predictions for 2024, Phil Lin, Senior Market Analyst, Price Group, and Fox Business News contributor from Chicago. Phil, uh, oil prices set to end the year a little lower. What's your takeaway? Happy New Year. Um, actually, this is the first losing year uh, in the oil market in two years after some pretty incredible runs. And I think you have to really congratulate the U.S. energy producers. You know, U.S. energy producers, despite all the the headwinds that the Biden administration tried to throw at them, was able to squeeze out a record amount of production, more production than any time on earth, and that's kept prices under control. But I think it's an uneasy calm as we go into the new year. Um, I think we're going to start feeling the full impact of OPEC production cuts. I think demand's going to be better than people think based on an almost record-breaking stock market. So I would say enjoy the low prices uh, today because uh, the new year might bring in um, some higher prices. Yeah, what, uh, what is your forecast for uh, energy going forward? You know, I think if you look at the, the, the sector, if you look at the stock market, I think the, the prices are undervalued. And if you look at the globe, I think the global geopolitical risk is really higher than it's ever been, right? You know, we have, you know, a war between Russia and the Ukraine. You know, you've got uh, the Houthi rebels shooting at at ships in the Red Sea. Uh, And I don't think the geopolitical outlook uh, is going to get less risky in the new year. I think it could get worse. So I think there's significant upside risk. But just from a supply and demand viewpoint, you know, everybody's complacent right now that we're going to be oversupplied in oil next year because they're betting on a slowdown in the economy. Well, based on their bets on a slowdown in the economy last year, I, I wouldn't uh, put that in the bank just yet. All right, let's let's uh, let's stick on the oil market. What does the oil market say about the strength of the overall economy? You know, I think overall it, it's, it shows that it's solid. I mean, if you look at the actual supply and demand numbers, uh, you know, they're, they're extremely strong. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny if you go back just a couple of years ago, people were predicting, we'll never use as much gasoline as we did, you know, before COVID, right? And, oh, my gosh, electric cars is going to, you know, ruin the demand for gasoline. Well, guess what, folks? Gasoline demand hit a record high this year, and it's going to probably hit a record high again next year. Do you uh, have any reasons for it hitting a record high? I think that the uh, 
the perception that the electric car is going to substantially reduce gasoline demand is flawed. And I think we're seeing that because electric car sales have been plummeting. Uh, there's no resale value. They're not easy to charge. And, and, and I think if you look at the growth of the economy around the globe, when you look at China, you look at India, their economies are expanding and their demand for you know, uh, internal combustion engines are going to be higher. So I think the depth of the internal combustion engine has been greatly exaggerated. And I think you're going to see that show up in the numbers again next year. All right. Now, when you when you look at oil stocks, they typically have a nice dividend. Uh, are the loyal, lower oil prices able to sustain profitability for the big oil companies? I think so. I mean, if you look at that, and they're they're getting leaner and they're getting meaner. Right now, they're printing cash like crazy. A lot of these companies, so I think that they're undervalued based on the rest of the stock market. And, you know, I also think that the energy stocks got a bad rap, right, from the uh, green energy folks. Don't invest in, you know, fossil fuel companies. And, you know, you had endowment funds, you know, pull their money from investing in fossil fuels. I think that's going to backfire. And I think the companies are going to benefit from that over the long run because uh, the value is just going to be good because you don't get that you know, kind of money thrown into it because the, the numbers look good. You've had this, um, you know, this economic, uh, you know, undervalue because people didn't like to be involved with fossil fuel. So I think that over the long run, because these companies are going to be very profitable, I think that the oil and gas sector is going to be strong. I really like Chevron. That's an old line name, but I think it's going to have a fantastic year. All right. Well, thank you, Phil. Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst, Price Group, and Fox Business News contributor in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.